Welcome to Running Off the Rails. My name is Raymond O'Connor. And I'm Ariel Rasco. And today we're talking about conditions in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. 5th edition did a great job of simplifying a lot of really complicated mechanics that existed in previous editions. Because in previous versions of the game, when something happened that you didn't know the rules for, you had to go look it up. And those rules were usually very complicated and very detailed. Fifth edition streamlined a lot of this for players and dungeon masters, which in a lot of places has been a boon and has really helped people to tell interesting stories without the rules getting in the way. However, Ariel and I feel that conditions in 5th edition can sometimes be a little bit boring because of how simple they are most of the time. When you look at a condition like poison, the rules are very simple. You have disadvantage on attacks and disadvantage on ability checks. This is something that is easy to transfer into any game, and when writing the rules, I think that simplicity makes sense. But when you're a player in the game, there's no sense of discovery, there's no sense that a poison could be different from a different poison, and it doesn't feel very thematic. We think poison is a good example where when you're playing in your campaign, this might be something you want to add mechanics to and make your game feel a little more special than just the base rules. Exactly. Sometimes when I'm playing Dungeons & Dragons, it can instead feel like I'm playing Pokemon. Uh, in Pokemon, you can get burned, poisoned, uh, frozen, put to sleep, paralyzed. And when that happens to one of your Pokemon, it is, it is purely mechanical. The detriment that has been imposed on you is a known entity. And there are very simple ways to resolve those conditions. Dungeons and Dragons shouldn't feel this way because it should feel like a story. It should, it should feel like a narrative. I, I mean, I've never been poisoned in my life. I, I've been food poisoned and I, I've had horrible fevers. And when I'm in that state, I feel as though there's an existential threat that is that is threatening to kill me and my body is fighting for its life. And for some reason, it doesn't feel that way when I get poisoned in Dungeons and Dragons. And it, it might not be food poisoning or a fever. I may have been like bitten by a 12 foot long spider. And the DM tells me to roll a constitution save. And when I fail, they say, you're poisoned. Remember, that means you have disadvantage on attacks and saving throws because the DM doesn't want to need to track that information. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, cool, no problem. <laughs> that, that's such a, a weird paradox that I could be poisoned by this horrifying monster in this game. And I don't feel as though I'm experiencing an existential threat, even though I care very deeply about the survival of my character. I think this is a great point, Ray, that we want conditions to feel a little bit more like a real-world story mechanic rather than just a small mechanical change. And so we want to take these things that are very simple in design and just expand on them. This is a really classic way of homebrewing. We don't think conditions as written in the rulebook are necessarily bad. Yeah, absolutely. The same way that if your players are familiar with the goblin stat block, there's nothing wrong with the goblin stat block. It's a great stat block. But if your players have experienced the standard goblin two or three or four times, it's not exciting. Even if their player character 
is experiencing this monster for the first time. It can be really hard sometimes as a player to separate our meta-knowledge from character to character. So just like the goblin stat block acts as a really solid foundation and blueprint from which we can make small tweaks to make our goblins that we put in front of our players feel a little bit different, the conditions are the same. You don't need to completely rework the poisoned condition and make it way more lethal. You just need to make it feel a little bit different. Just different enough where the players know, oh, this isn't the standard poisoned condition, which means that anything could happen to my player character. A really good example of how to do this can still be rules as written. So your player gets poisoned, they get this disadvantage on attacks and ability checks, and then after the combat, you inform them that they don't feel so good. And then you can look to the Dungeon Master's Guide, we have diseases, and you can add a disease as a consequence for being poisoned. One example is Sewer Plague. It says in the rules that this is a disease you can get from being bitten, which is often how you get poisoned as well. And then you tell your player you're feeling very queasy, you're not feeling very good. And then there are a lot of conditions that come with this disease that make the poison feel like it had a lasting effect, it was special, it was different, and it's much more thematic. So now we're adding mechanics to the base such that your players don't always know exactly what's going to happen. They get to explore and discover, and they feel like this is a little bit more of a real-world consequence than just a Pokemon-like consequence. Exploration is supposed to be a core pillar of the game, and a lot of the times it isn't because it is one of those kind of background pillars. It's something that if you're not giving it special attention as the DM and care, it's easy for it to not be the thing that you're worried about. It's much easier as a DM when a player gets bitten by a poisonous snake or spider to tell the player that they have the poisoned condition. But if you as the DM are willing to take on a little bit more of the burden, you can even make the standard poison condition or the standard petrified condition or the standard stunned condition feel existential. It, you can make it feel like it's something that the player is exploring and it make it feel like it's something unknown. So let me give an example. Your player gets bit by a spider that has a red streak shooting down its back. It's a spider they've never seen before. You have the player roll a constitution saving throw. They roll a 14. You, you as the DM don't confirm whether or not that's high enough. You say, oh, got it, or noted. And right away, I bet your player is going to give you the side eye like, was it high enough? And you don't answer that question. Then on the next turn, the player goes to make an attack roll. They've kind of forgotten about the roll that you had them do, or maybe they haven't, and they're looking to you to see what happens. You say, oh yeah, I'm sorry, can you make that attack roll with disadvantage? And they're like, why? And you say, you'll see. They roll the attack with disadvantage, and whether they hit or miss, it doesn't really matter. You can describe to the player how all of a sudden they're feeling a little bit off balance, and their vision is doubling and coming in and out of focus. 
You haven't told them that they have the poisoned condition, but that's what it is. If they go to make an ability check, you can describe a similar situation to them. The player may suspect that they have the poisoned condition, as described in the player handbook, but don't confirm to them yes or no whether this is the case or not. Think about it this way, their character has no idea what the poisoned condition is. It would be very strange for them to have a unrealistic level of confidence as to their safety if they were to determine that they had the poisoned condition as written in the player handbook. As the DM, don't confirm this to the player, and as a result, the player will be able to roleplay that much more realistically without having to go against all of their prior meta-knowledge. Yeah, I think that's a really great point, right? That even with these, you know, base conditions, you could really use them in a more storytelling way. And I think that's really important for why these conditions are so simple, is that it allows you to really focus on a few conditions that you want to amplify and bring to the light to your players. You get to opt in to which conditions are important to your game without having every condition having lots of different mechanics and being overwhelming. So for example, if you want to play in a swamp, you start really thinking about poisons and diseases. Or if you're playing in a magical tundra, think Rime of the Frostmaiden, you can keep all the rest of your mechanics very simple, but expand on cold mechanics. And I think this idea of opting in to make a specific part of your story feel very special and thematic can be really fun. In the Dungeon Master's Guide, there's a note on how to deal with cold, and you can have players roll constitution saving throws, and they can gain levels of exhaustion based on the cold. I think this is pretty good, but for a very special magical tundra, if you wanted to introduce more mechanics to make your players feel like there is more danger with the cold, that they can get something like frostbite, you can add that into your mechanics earlier in the game, maybe with a dagger of frostbite. It introduces this new mechanic your players have never heard of. It adds a lot of exploration to see what it does and what effects it has. And now later in the game, you have a concept of frostbite that you can use in conjunction with this normal DMG cold and exhaustion feature. I think it allows you to really opt in. And in that game, you might not have special rules for poison, but you have special rules for cold. And in this way, your players aren't tracking too many things. And overall, it's still a simple game. If you're condition mechanics are exciting enough, your players will actually want to interact with them as a way to interact with a fresh domain of the game that they haven't really seen before. In the Out of the Abyss game, there's a special type of poison called Drow Poison, and it is far more potent than the regular poisoned condition. It was such a prevalent theme throughout the game that when my players secured some Drow Poisoned, the Barbarian in the party decided that they wanted to start microdosing the poison to try and build up an immunity. He did this over a series of weeks or months, and the next time they faced a party of Drow assassins, one of the assassins cut him. And I had the assassin kind of sneer at them and say something in a gloating fashion as if they knew that their death was near because he had cut him with his poisoned dagger. And it was a really fun moment at the table when the drow was surprised and disappointed that the drow poison did not take effect on the barbarian. And it was a really good feeling that the decisions that my player had made had paid off. And I think that conditions are a really great way either for them to take effect or not to take effect, 
I think conditions are a really great way for you to deliver consequences to your players that is different from damage, which too often seems to be the only thing that we give to our players to tell them that a way that they interacted with the world was not healthy for their character's survival. It's a great point that you bring up that published campaigns will also do this. They'll expand on the rules in an interesting way. In a game like Storm King's Thunder, they'll give you specific stat blocks for new and special giants, where you want to expand on this base stat block of a giant because the game is focusing on this type of creature. Rather than having the base rules for all these different monsters be really special and mechanically difficult to run, you make one of the monsters mechanically interesting and a little bit more difficult to run. I think this concept of Drow Poison in Out of the Abyss is a really great example of using conditions, not just monsters and damage, as another thing where you can bring exploration to a specific mechanic to highlight. This notion of discovery and consequences overall is, I think, really important to Dungeons & Dragons. And when you introduce something you know, dark and slimy and scary to your players, or a very dangerous, evil-looking magic item, your players are going to interact with it because they want to explore what is my DM threatening? What is my DM setting up that maybe I'll have to grapple with and maybe I can get a huge boon if I can, you know, remove the curse in some way and get this magical item for myself? Your players are asking you, what, what is in your game? What can I explore? And for you to deliver in an exciting way, there are lots of curses in the game and lots of diseases in the game that you can add in to make this exploration feel worthwhile. I think this is the same thing we want to do with conditions. When your players go into an unfamiliar place, if it's super hot like a volcano, or super cold like a tundra, or maybe a dry and special desert, you want the conditions that they experience to feel like they have consequences and to feel surprising, like they're exploring this new part of the world. So that's when we add on to conditions and we add mechanics to make them a little bit different from what the published material might say. Absolutely. I think it is worth saying, though, that the rules are simple for a reason. It's important as a DM that if you're making this more complicated than it is suggested to be, that you are doing so deliberately and not just for the sake of making these conditions more complicated. If you're adding new currencies to your game for your players to track or for you to track, you are making the game much harder for you to run, and as a result, you will probably slow things down. So be deliberate about the ways that you are going to change these conditions. Because for a lot of experienced players, they have the default conditions memorized, or at least close to. And when you start to divert away from what is known, you start to take up their memory slots or their short-term memory. They're either going to forget how the condition works, or they're going to forget details about the plot, or the combat that you're running, or characters' names. So be careful about what you want your players to be worried about. It can be really awesome to have your players be worried about hypothermia if they're traveling through a magically cold arctic environment. That makes a lot of sense. Or to be worried about poison and paralysis in a rainforest or in a swamp. Be careful not to introduce these crazy and interesting conditions to be explored 
if there were already other complex parts of your world and story and characters that you also want your players to be giving a lot of attention to. Yeah, I think this point of currencies is really important because when I'm thinking about the ways to, you know, make poison and cold more interesting, a lot of time it's just an effect of one or two sentences I can put on somebody's card and maybe it's one thing for them to remember. But if you add something like a currency, you can think of maybe key points as a currency you're familiar with. Monks have to keep track of how many of these things they have. They reset after a short rest. That's another thing to keep track of. Now, if I give them another currency, another key points style thing, like a hypothermia tracker, they have more tracking to do. And it's not just a one sentence thing. It's something where they're actively engaging with it, adding one, subtracting one over time. So it was really interesting Ray had a conversation with Trevor from Grim Press where I almost got the impression that you should introduce a new currency as like a last resort. Yeah, I think that my impression that I got from my conversation with Trevor, and I kind of feel similarly about this, is as long as you're doing this deliberately for something that is a special occasion and you're foreshadowing it to your players that this is going to be an element of perhaps the final battle against this arctic uh spell casting white dragon that there's going to be this like magical hypothermia effect and they're going to need to track hypothermia points i think that it it's okay and it adds that interesting dynamic to the game but if you're creating just a random stat block that you expect other dms to be able to run on maybe the dms guild you are potentially signing them up for more complexity than they really are prepared to take on, especially if it isn't a very special part of the game that they're trying to deliver to their players. There's also some hacks that you can take advantage of to make this idea of tracking currency, if you want to do it this way, a little bit easier. A lot of conditions and diseases will use exhaustion as the currency something that players are tracking already to tell the player how sick they are. This can be a little bit tricky because there's a lot of effects that go along with exhaustion. So you really may just debilitate your player to the point where they can't even have fun anymore or they can't use their character's abilities or hit any attacks. So be careful with exhaustion. My favorite currency that I think is underused in Dungeons & Dragons that I think you can reach for with this type of a thing is the number of hit dice that your players have left. I think another classic example of this is a player's maximum hit points that they have left. If you've been listening to the show for a long time, you'll know that one of my players, a warlock, got a cursed magic item. And as he used the powers of the cursed magic item, his maximum hit point total would fall over time. This creates a clear expectation for the player. They know what happens when their hit points hit zero. They lose their character. But it doesn't affect their character's effectiveness on a day-to-day -day basis. Their ability to hit with attacks or use special abilities really at all. Not the way that exhaustion does. Yeah, that's a great point. You can use existing currencies in your game to really spice up these conditions rather than creating a new stat for your players to track. You can use things like spell slots even, or spells known perhaps. Maybe your player can't focus that day. This malady is really affecting their ability to 
you know, think straight. And so maybe they have to prepare one fewer spell that day. That's not a horrible hindrance, but your player will still really want to get rid of this malady. I think this idea of using existing currencies that your players keep track of on their character sheet, rather than introducing a new currency, can make your conditions feel special while still engaging with your player's, you know, existing calculations. And maybe that'll even make it feel better that they're affecting their spells, that's something they're engaging with regularly, so it'll feel really deep and really personal if that's affected. I really like this idea of a curse that affects the number of spells known that you have. This makes me think of a character from the Stormlight Archives that on some days is very, very brilliant and on other days uh, struggles with even simple mathematical equations, something that they're typically very good at. I love the idea that perhaps a wizard makes a deal with some sort of entity uh, asking for the ability to remember many more spells. And on the beginning of the day, maybe the wizard rolls a d6 or a d8, and anything a three or under is like how many spells more they have to forget that day, but anything four or higher is how many more spells they can remember. So like if they were to roll a five, they can remember two more spells that day. But if they roll a one, they have to prepare something crazy like two or three less spells that day. I really like this idea. I think I'm probably gonna, <laughs> I think I'm probably gonna do something with this. I was, I was just thinking the same thing. Like, wow, this is this is actually some really good inspiration we're having. I'm gonna put this into my next game. I'm going to create some magic item that my players are going to find that is affecting you know their spells that they know and and how many they can prepare. This I think is a, a really great idea to spice up the conditions of my game now. Or perhaps. Um one of the spells that they know gets like swapped out for a spell a random spell on a different spell casting classes table so your wizard loses one of the spells that they had prepared at random maybe their fireball or their hypnotic pattern while they have this curse and instead it's replaced with like a cleric spell like revivify or uh, a bard spell or a druid spell i think this is this is a really funky idea i i have to i'll have to look at it more closely to make sure it makes sense but i really like this inspiration yeah it reminds me a little bit of the wild magic sorcerer where there's this auxiliary thing to their spell casting that can spice things up and feel a little bit weird you can think of a wild magic sorcerer as having a condition that you could sort of introduce in similar ways to other players at the table especially if there isn't a wild magic sorcerer. It's been a really fun part of some of my campaigns when we've been rolling a lot on the wild magic surge table. So maybe I could introduce a condition that has a similar weird effect to you know a new campaign where we don't have a wild magic sorcerer. Yeah, I mean, all of these ideas seem like really cool ways for your players to interact with and explore the weird things that are unique about the world that you're putting in front of your players, as opposed to the world that is kind of like generic and typical that other players are experiencing that is put forth as the vanilla world in the player handbook. Right. I think anytime you're in a game of D&D and your players are moving around and interacting with things, they want to be exploring. They want you as the DM to deliver on this exploration. And the more quirks that you can add to the things that they interact with, the things they see, the things they touch, the things they smell, 
the more your game is going to feel like something they need to explore with all their senses. And so adding different poisons, I think, has been a way that I've done that in a successful way, and adding diseases and curses has been a way that I've liked to do that. But you can get so much more creative than just that. You can add whatever mechanic you want and create your own special condition for your players to explore and find in their world. Yeah, I mean, hopefully there's something in here that has that appeals to you and that you can bring back to your players and your table. But until next time, my name is Raymond O'Connor. And I'm Ariel Rasco. And thanks for listening to Running Off the Rails. If you enjoyed Running Off the Rails, please like, follow, and review our show on your platform of choice. Please follow our Instagram, Running Off the Rails, for notifications whenever we release a blog post, a new episode, or new content on the DMs Guild. If you prefer a specific type of content, please send us a message on Instagram. The jam you are listening to is Hoist by Andy G. Cohen, and you can find Hoist and more of Cohen's music on the Free Music Archive. You can find links to all of our content at runningofftherails.com or on our Facebook page, Running Off the Rails.